Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. In this week's headlines, Japan takes a baby step towards marriage equality. A transgender student won a large settlement in his discrimination lawsuit against a school district in Minnesota. An independent pharmacist came to the aid of LGBTQ seniors in Brooklyn, and Marvel Comics has announced a gay Captain America is on the way. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. For the first time, a Japanese court has ruled the country's ban on same-sex marriage is unconstitutional. Judge Tomato Takabe of the Sapporo District Court said in his ruling, quote, Legal benefits stemming from marriages should equally benefit both homosexuals and heterosexuals. Takabe added that the prohibition violates Article 14 of Japan's Constitution, which bans discrimination because of race, creed, sex, social status, or family origin. In addition to the emotional distress of being treated like second-class citizens, same-sex couples are also financially harmed by the ban. Without the right to marry, same-sex couples have no parental rights to children and can't inherit their partner's estate, houses, property, assets, nothing. Even for couples who marry abroad, without recognition in Japan, binational couples don't have access to visas, which could force them to live separately. The court case was brought by three same-sex couples who filed their lawsuit seeking financial compensation for the challenges they faced. While the plaintiffs won on the broader issue of the right to marry, Judge Takabe declined to grant their request for financial compensation. Attorneys for the couples say they plan to appeal the ruling in regard to the damages sought for compensation. Now, the ruling doesn't bring about any real change at this point, but with four similar lawsuits making their way through Japan in other courts, it's sure to help set legal precedent. Japan is the only member of the G7 nations, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, United States, the United Kingdom, and Canada, where same-sex marriages have not become legal. In May 2019, Taiwan became the only country in Asia to legally embrace marriage equality. A transgender youth has won a $300,000 settlement in his discrimination lawsuit against the Anoka Hennepin School District in Minnesota. The young man, identified as Nick, or NH, was barred from using the boys' changing room as a member of the swim team early in 2016, even though he'd been using it for several months without incident. A statement from the legal team that represented the student read in part, Nick was singled out and forced to use segregated changing facilities that no other students were required to use. This discrimination led to bullying and threats against his family, causing Nick emotional distress and harm. The student was reportedly hospitalized 
three times for mental health concerns due to the situation and eventually had to transfer out of the district. In 2019, he filed the lawsuit in Minnesota's 10th Judicial District Court. As part of the legal settlement, the school district also agreed to take several actions, including reaffirming its commitment to comply with the Minnesota Human Rights Act and not discriminate against transgender students, developing a policy to allow every student to use all facilities consistent with their gender identity and that includes a complaint procedure and a ban on retaliation. Also, training on all school board members, staff, and students on these policies and affirming that students of all gender identities are valued and welcome. In a press release, Nick said, quote, I never want any student to experience the discrimination and cruelty I experienced from the adults at my school. It means a lot to see the courts protect transgender students like me. Today's settlement agreement makes it clear that segregating transgender students doesn't just dehumanize us, it violates our legal rights. It's worth noting this isn't the first time Anoka Hennepin School District has been called out for its treatment of LGBTQ students. In 2012, the school district agreed to a legal settlement due to a lawsuit brought by six students who said they'd been subjected to anti-LGBTQ bullying and that the district's response was inadequate. That settlement included an agreement to implement inclusive policies. The 2012 settlement came about after Rolling Stone magazine took a deep dive into the district's anti-LGBTQ climate amid nine student suicides. At the time, school district officials maintained that the suicides were not related to homophobic bullying because, of course. An independent pharmacist in Brooklyn came to the aid of LGBTQ seniors who were having difficulties trying to get vaccinated against the coronavirus. Ambar Kaluskar, a pharmacist who supervises Rossi Pharmacy in Brooklyn, found himself with hundreds of doses of vaccine he had just sitting in the freezer. The state of New York allows pharmacies to dispense the vaccines, but with some limitations. Citing the lack of ability to verify the identity and occupation of some eligible candidates, like essential workers, the state limits pharmacists to giving the vaccine to teachers, childcare workers, and people over the age of 60. In January, Kaluskar began making the shots available at his pharmacy. At first, he received 100 doses a week from the state, and then upped that to 200 doses. But by March, with the opening of a mass vaccination site in the area, the number of eligible people signing up for vaccinations began to decline. With state laws requiring him to notify the state if he hadn't used all doses sent to him, Kaluskar became worried that state authorities would stop sending him doses. And so he began some local neighborhood outreach. Thanks to an aide in the office of a state senator, Kaluskar got in touch with Stonewall House, New York City's first LGBTQ-only senior housing building, located in Brooklyn's Fort Greene neighborhood. It turns out, most of the residents there, many homebound, had not been able to get their vaccination. With scheduling done primarily online, many seniors with limited income or poor internet access 
found themselves left out of the process of signing up for vaccine appointments. One resident, 78-year-old Emma DeJesus, told the New York Times, I can't handle the phone. Everything is on the computer now, and I don't have a computer. But, after weeks of unsuccessful attempts to schedule an appointment for a vaccine shot, DeJesus is now looking forward to receiving her second shot, thanks to Kalusker, so she can visit her nieces in the Bronx. The pharmacist was able to deliver nearly 50 vaccinations in that first visit to Stonewall House. He's also vaccinated more than 150 more eligible candidates at other public housing sites and had outreach from two city councilmen for additional pop-up visits. A new poll conducted by the Human Rights Campaign and Heart Research Associates found that 70% of voters support the Equality Act. Conducting the survey, over a thousand voters were read a long description of the bill, and the core of the legislation, adding sexual orientation and gender identity to federal civil rights law, got 77% support. Also, with multiple states like Arkansas and Mississippi passing legislation banning transgender girls from participating in school sports, it's notable that 38% of respondents supported trans youth participating in sports as their gender, 34% opposed it, and the rest didn't have an opinion, so it was pretty evenly split. However, 85% of respondents said they believe transgender people should be able to live freely and openly. 92% said that trans people should have equal access to health care, of course, and 69% of trans youth should have access to puberty blockers as prescribed by a doctor. The survey also found that part of the difficulty of pushing for the bill is that a lot of people just assume that it's already illegal to discriminate against LGBTQ people under federal law. P.S. It's not. A majority, 57% of people, believe that LGBTQ people are at least somewhat protected under federal law. 20% of people incorrectly said that LGBTQ people are totally protected under federal law. This is why we need the Equality Act. Marvel Comics has announced plans to introduce a gay Captain America this summer as part of a limited series honoring the 80th anniversary of the Star-Spangled Superhero. The five-part series will be titled The United States of Captain America and will feature the original Captain America, Steve Rogers, along with Bucky Barnes, Sam Wilson, and John Walker, who have all taken on the Captain America persona in the past. According to a press release, the foursome will travel the country in search of Captain America's shield, which has been stolen. Along the way, they'll encounter local heroes all from different walks of life who become Captain's America for their communities. In the first issue, readers are introduced to teenager Aaron Fisher, the Captain America of the Railways, who is gay. He's described as a fearless teen who stepped up to protect fellow runaways and the unhoused. Joshua Trujillo, who wrote the issue, said in a statement, quote, Aaron is inspired by heroes of the queer community, activists, leaders, and everyday folks pushing for a better life. He stands for the oppressed and the forgotten. I hope his debut story resonates with readers and helps inspire the next generation of heroes. 
The United States of Captain America, will debut June 2nd in time and in honor of Pride Month. I recently came upon a Twitter thread from 2019 that literally made me stop and catch my breath and smile. On March 4th, 2019, one Twitter user asked the question, what is the kindest thing a stranger has done or said to you? Several stories were posted, but one from Joe in Chicago stood out for obvious reasons, and I want to share this with you. Joe wrote, I used to manage an LGBT bookstore when bookstores were still a thing. One night, a caller says he thinks he might be gay and is considering self-harm. We were not a crisis center, but as long as we're talking, he's safe, right? So I talked to this guy, and I answer questions, and I try to be encouraging, and I may be sounding a little frantic, and I'm definitely ignoring the four to five customers in the store, and this angel of a woman puts her hand on my shoulder and asks for the phone. My turn, she says. And she, this 50-something lesbian, talks to this stranger on the phone and a line forms behind her. Every customer in that store knows that call, knows that feeling, and every person takes a turn talking to that man. Joe closed the thread, adding, That story comforts me so much to this day. That little episode is what community is all about. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report, If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would share it with your friends. I like to think of the Randy Report as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. Just a few quick reminders. Please wear a face mask in public, wash your hands a lot, practice social distancing, and take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time.